0: Welcome
1: to iFourO. Hey guys, welcome to i4O Explains, episode two, um, and I we have another topic, a little bit more important than Bitcoin because it impacts a few more people. But uh, I'm joined today by Jeff and Irvin. How is everyone doing on this fine morning?
0: Doing great, Matt.
1: <laughs> doing well. Always good to hear you guys. Um, but yeah, we have a, a very important topic today. The the topic for today's show is net neutrality. So uh, we just wanted to cover, uh, for anybody who hasn't heard our prior episodes where we've kind of broken it down in bits and pieces, scattered through articles that we've found, um, we wanted to break it down all the way for people over the span of a longer period of time to focus on what net neutrality is and what it means for not the businesses and the ISPs, and the government and the laws but what it means for you as a consumer and what it means for um innovation and the ability for competition to grow in the internet um, so we had a post the other day uh, when it was repealed which to catch anybody up uh, net neutrality was officially repealed by agitpi and the FCC, um, the move was started to formalize the repeal on, I think that was Wednesday or Thursday, I forget the. It's been a few days, but either way, it's still repealed. So, um, what this means, and I don't know if anybody else wants to jump in on it, is it's it's not very good for the consumer, and it's not what those um, uh, those government officials are saying it is. Um, I understand why they did it. I understand the reasons, but it's a very misguided approach in what they did to repeal net neutrality. So uh, I guess we can just start with what net neutrality is. So net neutrality is just the ability for all internet competition to progress naturally without any kind of influence from service providers and uh any kind of deals that are circled circulated around those ISPs and um companies. So for example you have AT and DirecTV. Um, they have a deal. So the ability for other video streaming services to still compete with DirecTV, even though DirecTV is owned by a service provider. So I don't know what you guys think about that. That could be a whole different topic in general, ISPs owning services and having a stake in that market. But it's a a dangerous next few steps that we're kind of forced to take because of this policy change. So, and I think that there's going to be some backlash in Congress, but uh, I'm kind of, I'm a little worried about where the internet is going. I don't know if anybody else wants to jump in, but
2: yeah. yeah so immediately, it's not going to affect this change that that was voted on, on the fourteenth. It's not going to affect uh, people immediately, but it could potentially. Right, it, it l- removes the the regulations that were holding uh, these uh, ISPs uh, back from uh, launching any of these types of. Uh, throttling services to perhaps prefer one service over another. Um, Comcast is a owner, is the owner of NBC. So they could uh, push those type of services uh, faster to you than um, a Netflix, any Netflix Mm -hmm. content. That's one example. Um, But yeah, so immediately it doesn't have any effect, but it it, it just removes any of the... um, Restrictions that they that these companies might have had uh, through right. the previous uh, rules. Yes,
0: yeah, so, and okay. um you were talking about how we feel about them owning services. Um, even a step, I guess, more shallow than that is how they can affect services. Because um, internet mm-hmm. providers, you know, they some things they can do. They can, you know, do uh, implement things like fast and slow lanes of traffic um, to different sites and services. They can prioritize their own traffic. Um, mm-hmm. you know, various apps and services can be uh, like blocked completely, um, and basically, all they have to do is tell
1: the public that they're doing it. Um, yep. So they can just essentially shut down services without telling people. Um, and this has happened before in the past too. And um, in in the show notes, we have or we'll have a, a link to a a WCC tech article, which was also posted in the Facebook uh, post that we had about a a net neutrality timeline of abuses that were done prior to net neutrality being instantiated in 2004. So anybody who's telling you that the internet was perfectly fine before net neutrality, obviously has not looked back at history. A good example is, in 2012, AT&T was blocked, or they blocked FaceTime because the company didn't like competition for their own video service. Um, Netflix started in 2014, started paying Verizon and Comcast to improve streaming service for customers, which raised the cost of streaming for Netflix users. Um, so they're, they're not seeing the writing on the wall. They're ignoring the bigger picture in that these deals cost companies money And that money either forces them out of the market, or doesn't let them, or or puts a a burden on the consumer to pay a higher fee to use their service. And it's not good. And same thing in two thousand seven to two thousand nine, AT and T forced Apple to block Skype as well. So, like, it's something that could lead to not only just censorship of services, but censorship of speech. So AT&T censoring Pearl Jam in 2007 because their lead singer criticized President Bush. Like, yeah, like it's
0: that's not... where it starts getting crazy.
1: Yeah, like, like it's it hasn't been all hunky-dory since the start of the internet. It's These companies, since they've become big, uh, they are exerting control that we could not have predicted when we created the internet in the 1990s and in the 1980s. It's something that just purely we couldn't accommodate for. And um, a lot of people have made the push saying that internet service providers need to be classified as a title two carrier, common carrier. So they're just the host of the pipes and that's it. They don't have any influence on who gets a faster stream in the pipes and who doesn't because they, it, in the essence, that in itself is killing the open market and competition. So it's kind of a hypocrisy to say that net neutrality being repealed is saving the market and allowing it to be free. It's being, it's, it is allowing it to be free, but in a market, it's free in a market controlled by government lobbies and companies with a lot of power. So yeah, you got to kind of pick the better of, the sort of two evils here.
0: The owners of the most relevant form. Uh, or medium in which you receive your information. Mm-hmm. you know.
1: And not to mention, there's like, what, three or four major ISPs in the whole country, so there isn't very much competition between them. And um, our listeners in Europe probably are looking over, wondering why our speeds have only just now started to catch up with theirs. And this is what happens when you're in a market starved from competition. Because over in Europe, there are countries that it's they're competing. I think it's all the way down to like twenty euros a month for gigabit speeds, or, or for like very close to gigabit. And it's something that we have to pay upwards of ninety to a hundred some dollars a month. And the reason why
2: that's so cheap is because of competition. I've mm-hmm. I've experienced this because uh, I'm from uh, Hungary. When I uh, went back there a couple summers ago. I looked at what the offerings were in terms of the internet um, out there. and you when you the irrelevant of where you live in, in I'd say 90% of the areas, you have a choice of from like three or four different internet service providers uh, out there. And the reason why it's so cheap uh, for everyone to get really good speeds, Um, in uh, a lot of those areas outside of the U.S. is because um, the lines that are used to get um, people the internet, right, the lines that go to their house are um, owned by uh, typically, not specifically owned by um, a particular ISP, or if they are owned by a particular ISP, um, from regulation by the government, that ISP has to allow other service providers to also let them use that same exact line Mm -hmm. Uh, and because of that it offers more options for the customer in terms of what choice that they have they don't have to use the same the provider that laid down that uh, line to the house um uh, so that way you have three or four uh Service providers competing against one another, and then you know, most people are always going to go with the cheapest, fastest option. So whoever can make it cheaper, or faster, right, will win out because more and more people will buy that service. So that's where that competition comes in, and that's how the prices get lower. That's just from my personal experience. That's how it was in in, in uh, Hungary, but uh, it could be different in other places, of course. Yeah, just wanted to chime that in.
1: Yeah, and this could very quickly devolve into a political show, um, but in the in the interest of keeping this, uh, not to make a play on words, but neutral, um, I would just like to say that um, the vote to repeal net neutrality was straight down party lines, and that, I think, in itself is indicative of a larger problem with how these policies are decided within this country, and taking a, a taking a partisan approach to an issue that is nonpartisan in nature and by definition because it impacts everybody and it's about the internet itself as a carrier um that is a dangerous precedent i think to set and it's they're creating a bipartisan issue out of something that isn't bipartisan it's something that is a national level
2: yeah so, and, and polls have recently also come out not just we get more into the political side of things, but both Republicans and Democrats, in terms of the public, right, uh, who identify as one of those two, uh, both on the majority, uh, 50 to 60% plus, uh, support net neutrality. So even though uh, the FCC has voted to repeal it, and the majority the vote was from uh, Republicans that won that turned that over. Um, the public still support, like, they want naturality irrelevant of what lines, party lines, that they're part of. They want to support net neutrality, and it's very interesting that the SEC sort of ignored uh, their constituents, right, the majority. Yeah, um, yeah there was all kinds of uh, rumors that were being spread
1: that they were, that the bots were being used to yeah. Uh, comment with real american names in favor of the repeal of net neutrality and there's i think there's even a running investigation that's underway to have the um to have this vote be brought to an official investigation on ignoring um a democratic process in getting to this and uh something else that's important to note is i and I, I could be mistaken but i'm fairly certain that the three people that voted in favor uh, Pie and the other two um republican chairmen uh were previously verizon lobbyists or lobbyists of, I, of various isps in the past or were paid the majority of their uh, payments came from telecom companies so this seems very influenced in a way um like yeah. this vote was bought almost um and the approach to essentially those I don't know if you guys have seen the videos that have come out with the FCC and we have a couple we have we have the one in the show notes that they did with Ajipai, um doing several videos like it's almost like he's mocking the American people in a way
2: yeah, and it's, it's, it''s the internet as a yeah, whole right
1: right. It's unprofessional and it's not a, it's not a way to approach this issue. Instead of having a discussion, just making fun of the majority of the constituents who have voiced their opinion on it, I think is it's it's un it's unprofessional. I don't I just don't like it.
2: And that video was also taken down. Yeah, for up to six hours because the copyright claimed the the person uh, Bauer, who's the uh, artist who made the um, Harlem Shake uh, music. Mm-hmm he put out a copyright notice against that video that got it taken down from YouTube (laughs) because he wasn't, didn't want to support his music being used for that type of. uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's, I, it's, I don't understand. I just don't understand why they, they, this, and this vote is going to go to the lower circuits of court and Congress, and it's going to go to votes there. And, There's already push to delay the vote. So we may not see any action from this repeal right away, like we were saying in the beginning of the show. It may take some time before this is actually looked at and reviewed. Um, But it's not a good start. And there have been inflammatory posts on both sides uh, claiming one way or the other on why this is good or why this is bad. And while all of them are by themselves, factually accurate. None of them look at the bigger picture. So uh, the quickest thing that you'll see from uh, any kind of conservative news organization towards net neutrality, um, they would be quick to note that this is good for competition because it eliminates federal regulation from the market. Um, While, yes, that is what they are doing. Um, they're ignoring the fact that this market is controlled by three super companies that have control over the entire nation that have openly admitted to not competing with one another. Right. So in a way, they need to be regulated and they need to have some kind of laws that state that they are a, a service provider and they are not – or they're not they're not a service provider, but they are a, a carrier of services and they should not have in any way influence over because it's just moving it from the government to the corrupt isps who it's their who are in it for a profit and it's their bottom line to make deals so it's unhealthy in that form and the government in that way would be the neutral third party regulating this industry that has now been so heavily controlled by isps in the past i think the the, and
0: one of the most Main focal points of this, based on what you're saying, is that the government is supposed to represent the people and it looks like they're representing the companies instead. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, if that doesn't catch you, I don't know what does.
1: Yeah, and telecom lobbying is at an all time high as well these past few years, and um, especially now that there is a conservative government in power, um, it's their push to revert regulation on Obama era uh policies and this is just one of them so um it's something like i said they're ignoring the bigger picture and then when you look at even on the liberal side of this um a lot of them are quick to say that it will increase prices for the consumer and it'll and isps could charge you whatever they want and isps could like basically price gouge you out of having internet and while that is feasibly true, it's misguided, in that um, it's they're going to do what best influences their stockholders, and if their shareholders um, can no longer afford internet, then they're no longer going to invest in that company, and that company is going to have to bring their prices down to a realistic level. But. Um, it's not all doom and gloom in that they could do that, but it's the it's the additional powers they get in being able to make deals with services that is dangerous, um, and even we've gone in so far as to say that like ISPs could roll out tiered plans yep. on their services, and that's entirely plausible. They could do they could totally do that if they wanted to, and if it helps their bottom line and it helps their stocks, then they're going to do it.
0: I'm confident but, that they're going to
1: do that. Yeah, and. I think it's also a big push to it could also be something to it, it could impact cryptocurrency it could impact every emerging piece of technology and it could really stunt innovation. And you may even see America fall behind in in that regard, in favor of people leaving the country to go work for companies in other countries that don't have as many restrictions. So it would be interesting to see the the companies standing out, and I know Netflix and Apple and Google Alphabet have all come out in favor of net neutrality and have openly stated that they are in support of it. Um, so it's going to be a long, long-fought battle in terms of the policies. But um, it it's important to to follow this if you're if whether you're interested in it or you're not it impacts how everybody uses the internet every day. So, but with that, I think we can focus a little more on the impact on the specific users. We've kind of talked a little bit about the policies and the government, um, but I think it might be good for the viewer to know what this means for them. And what this means for them, it could be a a wide margin of things. Um, The two quickest notes could potentially be um as we said higher service fees like it'll be still be a realistic increase but um it would be an increase still so your internet bill may go up um they could force different tiered plans down your throats, like restrict i know even uh, mobile companies have started doing this uh verizon and t-mobile paying a higher fee in order to get HD streaming from various sites even if the plan from that website you have allows HD streaming. Um, So it's restricting bandwidth, restricting quality of the content, um, and they could openly throttle a company um, such as what's been mentioned in these uh, history of abuses article. They could throttle services just because they have a deal with another one. So they could, for example, um, they MetroPCS, one of the top five wireless carriers in 2011, announced plans to block streaming services over its 4G network from everybody except YouTube. So that gets rid of Netflix. It gets rid of everything, just YouTube, which is insane. Yep. So this could all come back and... It's hard for people sometimes to look that far back and see the bigger picture, but it's something that people need to focus on. We need to learn from the past. But um, that in itself is what would impact the user. Um, I don't know if anybody has anything else. um, but We could talk at end for this for a long time. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that would be that would have an impact on the consumer. Maybe not that much more. Um, that's basically the bottom line there. Um, but when we go and look at um, elected officials and policyholders in other countries, it's something that's that needs to be taken care of and needs to be looked at at a deeper level. Because people who say that it hasn't been abused, it has. So they routinely will use their powers to violate open internet principles, manipulate competition, and engage in censorship. And um, it's it's one of those gray areas where it's, um, if since it was done by a, a liberal base, that it's viewed as a bad thing in a conservative-controlled government, so it needs to be reversed. But um, one thing that also is important to note that It's not necessarily an impact on the consumer, but this is expensive for companies because they can no longer forecast what the internet landscape is going to be four years ahead of time. So, if there is a Democratic president and they're on their second term in four years, when a conservative president wins, or if a conservative president wins, their policies could completely change, causing the company's infrastructure to alter because they can no longer forecast what what their costs are going to be if they don't know if the ISP above them is going to throttle their service because they have a deal with like Netflix or YouTube or something. So it's good for competition in a way to eliminate government regulation in most scenarios, but it's not in this scenario because the people who are most heavily impacted and the the base of the conservative branch has been a champion of SMUMP small mom-and-pop shops and small business, um, this completely kills entry for small business into a landscape that is controlled by tech giants. And even, for example, us, to look at at us as an example, um, if we don't have a deal with, say, like one of the top RSS feed subscribers, they could openly block our feed from going to many open networks. Or they could throttle us in favor of, say, um, a higher, more popular podcast that's been more established and has been known to get more ad revenue. So, or maybe
0: it, a podcast it, who has a different outlook on net neutrality. They want to yeah. let that traffic through, but not ours because we have a different opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it, the list goes on. And this has been, there have been abuses going all the way back to 2005 when. Uh, North Carolina's ISP, Madison River, blocked voice over IP services, uh, Vonage, it blocked them. So it goes on and on, and it's it's something that people need to follow, and it's something that people need to be informed about, because there's dangerous, uninformed information going from both sides. I know I saw um, a bunch of tweets from various sources, uh, news saying that it's like the end of the world, and the internet itself is going to be destroyed and you're, it's like very doom and gloom and it's not doom and gloom because we have only had net neutrality policies for the past two years, but, um, the abuses are bad. That is something that people need to know. And you have other people, like, I don't know if you guys saw, um, Donald Trump jr's tweets from the other day when he was stating that, um, net neutrality, uh, See, net neutrality's, um, or oh, for, Ajit Pai, he claimed was a Barack Obama um, FCC chairman vote, voted him in for the FCC chair when in actuality Trump instated him in January. So people were trying to spin Ajit Pai's bring, coming into power and the reason, and like trying to explain the repeal of net neutrality as a liberal problem, not a conservative or not a national issue. And it's dangerous to spin it in a political way when in actuality it's something that was done by one, your own party, and two, a a person who is heavily influenced by lobbying. So, um, but in the sake of rambling, I think we have covered a lot in terms of net neutrality and what it is. And I was wondering if any of you guys had any additional points to bring up before we Wrap the show up. If you had anything else,
2: I just wanted to make point that it's still not over, right? Even though that the FCC has voted to repeal it, uh, you could still find it. You could still get in contact with your congressperson. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you voice your opinion that you do not want uh, this uh, to uh, happen um, to uh, the internet. You want to protect it. Um, so it's still um, valid that you uh, contact your uh, representative. The easiest way to do that is just go to battleforthenet.com, and then you can enter your email address, uh, your name, and uh, you can. it'll automatically figure out who your appropriate congressperson is. So it goes to the right person based on where you live. Um, and uh, you can also... Um, uh, text as well you can text battle to three four uh and then i'll contact your congressperson to stop the uh um to voice your opinion as well so i just wanted to make right. that uh uh highlighted so that people still know that they still have the opportunity to change right this isn't right over and- yet this fight Yes.
1: And also, it's important to note too that people should go onto the FCC postings for these policies and review comments under their name to make sure that no comments have been posted falsely under your name. Because even if you don't say anything, a bot might have said something for you. Yeah. And that is a dangerous precedent. You could go in and you could flag that comment. And um, I'm not, you could probably put it back into a review or report the comment or something such as that to get it taken down because even if you don't say anything and a bot says something for you, then all of a sudden your opinion to the FCC is totally different. So whether it's one way or another, and I'm not here to make it political, I'm here to (laughs) keep it factual. So uh, it's something, yeah.
0: I'd encourage you to talk to your peers, your family, your friends uh, about the issue too. Again, if it would better suit you, don't make it a political issue, but talk about the pros and cons and what this might do to the landscape of the Internet uh, and the way that we currently enjoy it and just consider what's happening here and whether or not this concerns you. I tend to think it does.
1: Right. It, it impacts everybody. And um, and even just like we were saying, looking at the list of abuses, it's it's happened before, so we can't ignore the issue. And it'll happen again, and I can only imagine it would get worse. The abuses, especially with the political climate and the types of the types of deals that and mergers that we have talked about in past episodes as well, um, it's very possible ISPs could merge, and this this political landscape, not necessarily in terms of just who is in office, but the policies that are being put through, such as the repeal of net neutrality this paves the way for those mergers to go through legally. And I think you could very easily see a reopening of the Comcast and Time Warner and the at and uh, mergers that we've talked about in previous episodes. I think we could see them again. So it's something we'll have to follow and report on as we get it. But I hope this helps. As it, I hope you guys learned something. <laughs> as I, I did doing a little bit of research. But yeah, so I think with that then, I think we can wrap the episode up and uh, close out episode two of Ifro Explains, another successful explanation of of what's happening. And um, for us, for those of you who are new and for those of you who are just joining the networks, um, we are available on a multitude of platforms. Um, We stream weekly on Sunday morning to Twitch. YouTube, and Periscope. Um, You can find us on any of the major podcasting apps if you can't catch us live. You can find us on uh, Google Play, iTunes, uh, soon-to-be, hopefully, Stitcher, and uh, anywhere that you can find a RSS feed uh, player on either the Android store or the computer. Um, If you wanted to keep up with us on social media, we post fairly uh, frequently to... Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at industry4o, all spelled out. And um, feel free to leave us any reviews as well, because reviews help make our show better and help make your listening experience better. Uh, Any kind of listener feedback is welcome. You can leave a a review on iTunes or on Facebook. Um, And if you do, we will read your reviews, or I will read them live, just to give you guys a bit of a shout-out. If you have anything you'd like to plug, um, and uh, there was one additional thing I wanted to comment on this um, that I can't remember now but <laughs> yeah that is that is us and we also have, oh I remember now we also have a weekly show that we do on top of this um, on Sundays for our news so this is the the channel for deeper explanations of important topics but our main show is a summary of the week's news in technology so with that um this has been i4o and we hope to see you guys in the next one of our shows